This is the Strike Mesh Boil Podcast, presented by the Merrimack Valley Homebrew Club. This week, we review what happened in Season 1. We announce our winning judged beer, and we respond to some comments. That and more, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Strike Match Boil. I'm Marco, president of Merrimack Valley Homebrew Club, and I'm joined by my co-host, Phil. Hey, so uh, this really is going to be the last show of of season one. I mean, we're not really going to talk any brewing or anything. We're just going to chat about kind of what we did in in season one, and we're going to kind of go through who had the best beer from all the, the judging segments we did. We're going to go through some comments we got, which are, this is like mean tweets, man. This is going to be fun. Um, they're not we don't have that many and they're not that good, but it'll be fun. Yeah, Phil, you think people said bad things about us? No, oh, well, well, let's wait until I uh, get to that. Point. All right. Um, and then we'll talk uh, how many listens we had, you know, how many listeners we had through uh, 21 shows. And then we'll talk what we're going to do uh, for season two. So, you know, going back to the beginning, we started off and I don't think we really had a super grand plan for the show. I, I mean, we had some ideas that we wanted to do these segments. We knew we wanted to talk about judging beers and, and trying to continue what we do in our homebrew club, which is the education aspect and, and to grow brewers. Basically where we uh, wanted to curate the material was uh, something that homebrewers would find entertaining. So it was a little bit of the, a functional talk, like talking about beers and, and talking about how to do things, but also the round table talk. Like what are the things that we found that we were talking about as home brewers that ne- weren't necessarily about the act of brewing uh, things that uh, were just interesting topics in the industry. And, you know, if you look back at some of the shows that we did, uh, you we you can see that we cover kind of cover the gambit. We didn't have a plan. We're all over the place a little bit. We did yeah. uh, the Viking Luau episode, which is a big moment for us as a club. Uh, but we also did things like what to buy for Christmas, and uh, we talked cider, and we uh, you know ranted about beer that we didn't think was beer and, and or beer that doesn't taste like beer. And, uh, you know, we, we even played around with highlighting some classic styles like the bitters and we, we did the Hefeweizen and we talked to some pro brewers and home brewers gone pro brewers. So we, we really covered the gamut and, you know, really tried to uh, bring to the audience a bunch of different things that are relevant to home brewers and, or at least relevant to us and, uh, you know, topics that you could learn something, but also maybe be a little entertained and maybe get a little frustrated uh, with the two guys that you're listening to right now. You know, we definitely got on a roll there about the beers for people who don't like beers. We definitely heard some feedback from both folks in the club and outside the club that maybe, maybe we were being a little harsh and, and going a little over the top, but you know, that's, that's us. And we're not going to hold back just because, you know, in fairness, in fairness to that statement, the folks that are in the club also hear us talking about it a lot more often than the, the podcast folks, right? They that's probably true. will hear us talk about it in meetings and hear us talking about it on Facebook. And we have two Facebook pages. We have the public page where we uh, may be a bit more conservative on the things that we post. Yeah. And we have a private page where we can be a little bit more open about how we truly feel about things. Uh, so maybe there was a little bit of fatigue as we were expressing ourselves to internally. Uh, but, but you know what? 
at, back in January, February, even at Christmas, there was just this influx. Like every week there was something new and there were either people were having to cut the tops of cans off for the, the jello beer or whatever the hell that was. The, the what was it? A cranberry sauce beer or yeah, brutal beers blowing up beers that not maybe not even getting out the door because lab is saying it's there's something screwy with it. People having beers that, you know, they post them on pictures online. Uh, they're, we talked about that with Justin Agrati on the Swedish fish beer that just looked like egg drop soup and just, I mean, yeah. So there was a lot going out in the greater social media world. And I think we were just reacting to it, which I think is relevant, right? I mean, yeah. I think that's exactly what folks are talking about now. I mean, we, we certainly encountered our fair share of folks that were the defenders of the style and the lovers of that style. And, um, you know, certainly didn't want anything to impact it, but you know, that's not what we do here. What we do here is, uh, we speak our opinion and we speak honestly and openly and transparently, um, and not everybody's going to like it. And you know what? That is totally okay. Yeah. Uh, and we will certainly, uh, throw out a mea culpa if we think we got something wrong and you guys will let us know. And, and I think, you know, we're going to do this whole mean tweets thing and we'll address yeah. some of the comments that folks had about stuff. And I mean, honestly, I think what we wanted to do in season one, I think we more or less did it. You know, people got to know us a little bit. They got to know yeah. the club a little, they got to meet members of the club. You got to know sort of some of our opinions on, uh, things going on in the beer industry. And I think as we look forward to the future, uh, when we roll out season two, hopefully we'll do more of that. And we'll have some more opportunities to piss listeners off. Sure. <laughs> but we'll also have, I uh, hopefully, some opportunities to continue to educate and teach and share our perspective and in, in our uh, processes. And I think we're going to get a little bit more technical as we've learned things from season one. We want to share uh, some more technical stuff. We want to share some more style-based stuff uh, and dive deeper into styles like we started to do towards the tail end of the podcast. Uh, so hopefully you'll get some of that too. But uh, for those that have been listening, know that me personally have kind of a big opinion and can't usually control keeping his mouth shut. So there's going to be something that sets me off in the future and it's just going to come right out. And yep. that's just, that's my relationship with you guys listening is I just, uh, you guys can always count on whatever's hop uh, happening between the ears. There's no filter that stops it before it comes out. And, uh, and I think that's what uh, Phil and I really uh, enjoy. We like the the transparency and the honesty and the the opinions, and we love the feedback too. So we we appreciate when you guys hear something. If you don't like it, you tell us about it. Doesn't mean we're going to change it, but yeah, but tell, tell us, us about but, it. And also join join our Facebook group and get in on the conversation with us. And uh, we've had uh, an explosive. Well, I don't know about explosive, but yeah, explosive growth of our Facebook group, uh, the public one. Since we got started on this podcast, it's grown. I would call it several dozen people at this point over the, since December, um, yeah, a good and bad, right. I mean, yeah. we had, you know, <laughs> thinking back to one of our episodes where we were talking a about a particular brewery and a, uh, English bitter. I'm going to put in that quotation marks. You guys can't see it, but an English bitter they put out there and it looked like the, um, one of the people that was running their fan page, uh, joined our group. 
uh, with the sole purpose of trolling us a little bit, which was yep. totally fine. Yeah. And, and, and we welcome that sort of stuff. Like, bring it on if you want to talk about it. We're happy to uh, defend our opinions and we're happen- happy to hear yours too. But I think the funniest part of the, about that troll uh, event was that uh, you, myself, Nick, uh, we were all, and Tim was there. We were recording that book episode <laughs> that totally, night. Yeah. And so we were like shut off from the world for about an hour. And my phone started blowing up mid show and I had to flip it over. So I wouldn't get distracted. We all got to the end of the show. We hit stop. We all looked at our phones and went, what the F just happened. And at that point we, the person had already been booted from our group and it was like, damn it. Oh, like we didn't even get a chance to (laughs) really, really get into it. But, uh, and, and, you know, for the record, we don't normally boot people unless they're actually being, inappropriate and offensive and that was the case in this situation so majority of the people who have joined the club have been interactive with us and have uh been asking questions and providing feedback to other people's questions and it's it's been really great to see a lot of new faces in that group yeah so i think it's fair at this point phil for us there's a couple of things that there's, there's some stuff that we need to wrap up Mm-hmm. We had promised at the beginning of this that we were going to track all of the beer scores uh, for the judging segments and that we would announce the winner uh, who who won uh, the the best judged beer. So we still got to do that. I think yep. we should talk a little bit about uh, the things that you and I liked the most uh, about the podcast and, and things that we're hoping to do going forward. And then we got to get into the comments. We got to get yeah. into some of the comments we had, you know, so that we can just... You know, yeah, I yeah. can take it. I put on my big boy pants today. Uh, I can, I, I hopefully, yeah. hopefully I can handle it. My, yeah. my thick skin, big boy pants. I think I'm, I'll be okay. All right. So let's talk judging. So uh, I went through and uh, I, I intended on t- keeping really great notes and I never did. So I had to go back and listen to just about every single one. So tied in third place, we'll do a third, a second and a first tied in third place with a, a score of a 33 was a spiced porter. And the Belgian triple. So the Belgian triple was all the way back. I think it was maybe the second or third episode. We did the Belgian triple spice Porter was just a couple weeks ago. So that's tied for third second place with a 38, which for a while there, I thought that was going to be the winner of the, of the year or the season was the fest beer. Uh, that was a fantastic, fantastic that beer, beer was so good. Yeah. And you know, um, it was, uh, it was Nick that was judging that beer, right? If I'm I not mistaken. So, yeah. 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 Um, if I were a judge, I probably would have been over 40 on that one. I, I feel yeah. like he was knocking it a little bit, but that beer yeah. was, was awesome. And he gave it a 38, but <laughs> that beer was incredible. And I know a little bit of background on that fest beer that was brewed all the way back in March of last year. It lagered all summer long, all fall long. So it probably had about nine months of lagering by the time it ever, ever got to the show. So. And I know that brewer was so happy with that style and everybody in our club was so happy about it. He's brewing it now and right. he's going to brew a ton of it. I think he's going to brew like 30 or 45 gallons of yeah. it yeah. Uh, and do the same thing. Uh, I think I weaseled my way into getting a, a keg of it somehow. Yeah. Like I, I've, I found myself weaseling my way into getting kegs from people. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think well, I got myself one of those. I weaseled my way into getting a keg of that one last year and it, the reason it lagered for nine months is it got lost in the back of my kegerator, which is saying a lot. 
and forgotten about from a certain point of view. So uh, it was not my beer. I just happened to have a, a keg of it. So uh, that beer was long since gone by the time we got to uh, to judging. Yeah. So yeah, glad that uh, I lost that keg and, and refound it. All right, so that's a lot of hype for beer number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I agree. I think it should have been over, over a 40. All right, beer number one with a score of a 45 from Mr. Matt Savage was the Czech Amber Lager. And that one knocked it out of the park. Oh, that beer was wonderful. It was absolutely delicious. And of course, uh, again, so the way we have this design, you know, before people uh, give a shit because they know that we're crispy boys. (laughs) Right. We are not the ones dictating the score here, right? We get BJCP Mm -hmm. judges with the score sheets. They're the ones that are able to, taste the beer, compare it to the style guidelines, and give it a score. So not only uh, did that score hit uh, you know, h- really high with our judge, it's also a beer that you and I really love yeah. too. So it works out perfect for us. I don't have the comment in front of me, and I, I forget where it was, but somebody did comment about like, what, you guys aren't judging any IPAs? And I did reply back, you know, we're, we are listener supported on this judging stuff. If people don't send us IPAs, we can't judge them. And we got one IPA out of 20 shows or 21 shows that we did judging on. I, I can't help it. I mean, you want us to judge more IPAs, you got to send them to us. So shameless plug, not a shameless plug, I guess. For those listening, when we hop into season two, we're going to continue to do the judging. This is not something that's going away. If you're a home brewer and you want to see your uh, milkshake IPA or your fruited sour or any other beer that you're brewing... We're happy uh, to welcome it. We did have, we had lots of beers that were submitted by members of the club. We also had lots of, we had some beers that were submitted from members out, not members, but folks outside the club. Uh, so we'll take anything. Just uh, reach out to us and we'll coordinate it and we'll figure it out and, and we'll get uh, the beer judged. So please uh, do not think uh, that uh, we're not, we're you know curating the styles of beers to our taste we are not we will take anything and we'll judge it and even if you even if you think the beer is shit because all right so so we we talked about this before but if you submit a beer to a competition and that you crack that beer open and the beer explodes um, like we see so often in the commercial industry right now Mm -hmm. beer explodes because it has an infection or something's going on uh Judges will still taste it. They have to still taste it. Uh, they have to provide feedback. And in order to do that, you have to taste it. So even if you think your beer is shit and you just want feedback on it, we will judge it. We'll put it on a show. We'll judge it. We'll give you feedback and you'll be able to hear about it. And that happened on more than one occasion. <clears throat> several several of those beers that came in that were uh, less than awesome beers were from brewers who are looking for feedback. And they weren't necessarily submitting the beers to our judging segments just to be like the best of the best of the best they were submitting for that feedback. And, uh, I think they got what they were looking for and and they've already gone off and, and started reworking recipes. So without further ado, congrats to the Czech Amber Lager Brewer. Uh, we will uh, reach out to you separately. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, as promised, uh, get you a little something to, congratulate you for winning our season one competition. Uh, so congrats, uh, you know, hopefully you submit some more beers because that beer was awesome and we'd like to try more of them. So please uh, keep Absolutely. it going and, and we'll go from there. Yeah. 
Uh, so Phil, the next thing is, uh, you know, for for us to share a little bit about, you know, we, we did, we've already done a bunch of reflection on season one. Sure. Uh, but anything that that stood out to you as to, and I think we should let's, let's just keep it positive. What yeah. do you think? What was your favorite thing about season one? I think the two uh, brew requisite shows that we did, which the first one, which was all about the English bitters, wasn't called brew requisites yet. We made that up later. But those two shows where we could dig in with the commercial beers and the homebrew side by side, and. and that was a lot of fun and having Erica and Matt on the show uh, was a blast and tasting all those beers side by side, talking through the styles and how to make those beers really great. Like Nick talked a lot in the Hefeweizen episode. Hefeweizens are easy to brew. But they're really difficult to master. And I think if you listen to that show, you, you got that from Marco, Nick and myself. We brewed those beers. We did okay. But we got a lot of work to do if we ever wanted to submit those to a real competition and and try and win a medal with one. Yeah. So similar similarly for me uh, was the the New England IPA episode or the New England Pale Ale episode mm-hmm. that we did. <clears throat> I really love to just geek out over beer, and when we're talking about the things that we do while brewing, is is like total geek out opportunity for us. Uh, so I, I really like the, um, you know, pro brewer talk and industry talk. I, I love that stuff. I think it's really great and also offers up the opportunity to geek out a little bit. But when we pick a style and we're talking about our process, we're talking about the ingredients that we use. We're talking about beginning to finish the nitty gritty details about what we do to make a great beer or what we think is a great beer and pass it on to you guys. So you guys can learn from either the mistakes that we've made or the successes that we've had. And we're passing that on. That is a conversation that I really love to have. Uh, so we did that. And I know we're going to do a lot more of that because we really enjoyed that. And, and some of the feedback that we have gotten uh, suggested that people liked to learn about the things that we do. So um, it was a great episode for me and it seemed like p- folks really like it. So that was certainly a highlight for me when I look back at, at season one. Yeah. And th- that segment specifically for a little bit of uh, behind the curtain, that was supposed to be a 20 minute bit. Uh, we were just going to talk New England uh, Pale Ales for 20 minutes and it went on for an hour and 20. So clearly we geeked out and just rolled with it. Uh, but we should have known better, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. When do we ever get in a room talking beer and how to brew beer that we can just rifle through it? That doesn't right. happen. But, you know, going to what you said, um, that was an awesome conversation, but also that you know, the four of us who were on that show, some things we all did almost identical. And then there were other things where we were all all over the place um, with our process or ingredients or whatever it was. And I think we've all brewed really great New England pale ales. So hearing that there are multiple ways to skin the cat, if you will, I mean, that just goes to show that brewing, there is no really one set way. Well, I mean, depending who you talk to, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we don't uh, no. invite Nick to that episode. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, th- I think what we, what we like to do is, and what we've done is not tell you the one way to do something. Uh, you know, when, when, mm-hmm. when you listen to the New England, the New England Pale Ale episode, uh, we're all in the same realm of how we do things, but there's minor differences. And what we do is we put out the info. This is what I do. 
doesn't mean it's the best way. It doesn't mean it's the only way, but this is what right. I do. And then for you guys that are listening that have either, um, you know, had struggles or want to improve on the beers that you're making, you listen to it and say, Hey, I haven't thought of that before. Let me try it. And then you can figure out what works for you and, and what's improving your beer style. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that more of that stuff is going to be great. And, uh, certainly the feedback that we've gotten from folks is, is they love it. And, yeah. and you know, sometimes it's a little bit redundant uh, for you and I, because when we talk about these things at meetings, we're just having the same conversation sometimes. Uh, so we, you've heard us talk about this on the, on the podcast, the benefit of homebrew clubs. And when you go to a, a homebrew club meeting and you're sitting there tasting people's beers, you're hearing this stuff uh, and, and, and folks are talking about it. Uh, we're just, we've just thought that, uh, you know, the, our, our group is 40. We don't have, well, we're a little bit less than 40, but our max is 40 members. We don't plan on growing any more than that. And uh, we thought that this was a good opportunity to engage with you folks that aren't in clubs um, that might be interested in joining them or learning more about brewing. Yeah. So I think going into season two, some things that, you know, I want to see are, you know, more of these technical discussions like the New England Pale Ale. Um, I'd like to have more, uh, guess industry guests, but more like, I want to have the guys like Scott Janish on or, or some of the book authors, right? Some of these guys who go deep diving into little things. And so I just called out Scott, these guys that, you know, I go to their blogs or to their books frequently, and I'm looking at their info. And these are folks that we all in the club are frequently referencing. So I hope to get some of those guys onto the show on, on season two and pick their brain a little bit. And maybe not necessarily about the things that they do publish frequently, maybe about some of those little side things that interest us. Totally agree. Like I, I think that um, as we can dive further into the world of industry professionals and hear some of the things that they've done, because in a lot of examples, uh, some of these guys that are really highly acclaimed uh, started where we are or, or where we started. Uh, you know, they're right. folks that you know, learned through the same trials that we're learning through now. I think of like John Palmer and, and water and mm -hmm. how, like, I'm actually a little apprehensive of how great of a guest he would be on a podcast because he could really geek out. Like uh, you have to be a hardcore brewer to really want to listen to the stuff that he's talking about. But that dude is a brilliant. I mean, he is yeah. so brilliant and would, and I I've um, attended his sessions at homebrew con and could listen to him speak about it. And, and the information he's talking about is can be tough to digest, but the man knows what the hell he's talking about and relates to everything that we've dealt with as homebrewers. Uh, so I'd love to do, uh, to chat with more folks about that. Uh, but I'd also like to talk to, uh, folks that provide a little bit more color in the industry too. Maybe mm -hmm. people that don't necessarily have a vested interest. I really, really enjoyed uh, the episode that we did with Brew Roots. Those folks don't have a dog in the fight. Right. And I, what I what I love about that is they have an opinion and they aren't reserved on the opinion because they're working in the industry. They so I, I'd love to see us do more things with you know, folks that are on the opinion side and the, um, uh, critical side of beer, uh, and the beer industry, uh, so that we can share either, uh, similarities in, in our viewpoints or oppositions of our viewpoints, but just create more robust conversation about some of the things that are happening in the industry with folks that are more opinion focused versus, um, 
you know that conservative viewpoint because and 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 totally makes sense like i'm not uh, i'm not knocking it uh if i was working in the the beer industry today i probably would be a bit more conservative because you know you don't want to ruffle any feathers uh but i'd love to do some more uh, stuff with folks that are in the uh, the opinion side of things. So I, I do want to, I know you don't want to go negative, but was there any one thing that maybe didn't work for you in season one? Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, certainly early on, uh, you know, we, we are rookies oh, when sure. it comes to <laughs> doing a podcast uh, without a doubt. So uh, when we first rolled this out, you know, there was certainly some challenges in, how comfortable we were doing this. And I think we've come a long way in, in getting ourselves more comfortable. But the, the thing that I think stood out the most was the show format. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, you know, folks may or may not have caught on to this. When we first started, we were start, we literally started with the judging. Then we went into rant. Then we went into uh, something else. So we're still playing with format a little bit. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, is a bit of a sore point for us on, on the show because anybody who's listened to all 21 of our episodes to this point sees that there's slight adjustments to format all the time. We're, we're not totally consistent. We haven't quite figured it out yet. And that's the one thing that I'd say that oftentimes when I listen, because I listen to every episode, obviously, uh, that stands out to me to say like, man, sometimes we're just not consistent. Yeah. And I think going on that same, that same bandwagon, the, you know, we kind of set ourselves into a format and we really want to lock ourselves into like about a one hour show. And originally I think we were planning on some like 45 minutes and that went out the window pretty quick. But when we started having some of these conversations with Brett and Justin and PJ and um, even the Viking Luau one with, with Switzer at the very beginning, those conversations ran, you know, up into an hour or more. And so we have all this other content we wanted to get to as well. So what we did was we were splitting those across multiple shows. And I don't think that works as well as, as I maybe had hoped at the beginning, like, the little cliffhangers and all that is great and pick up next time, you know, whatever. Uh, I think it works great for television, but maybe not necessarily for a podcast. So I think uh, when we start doing, you know, season two, we'll probably switch that up and not necessarily split up interviews like that, like we have in season one. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, certainly towards the end, it, um, sorry to get really obvious. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the, the, the three part one was, I think the, the yeah. one that won't go a little hard. All right, cool. I mean, I, and, and I think essentially based on this conversation, you guys have heard some of the things that we're hoping to do for season two. Uh, but, uh, you know, to quickly recap it, you know, what we really think is going to be important for us as we move forward is to do uh, more deep dive process, uh, conversation on styles of beer, more of those brew requisites, uh, you know, some of the types of guests that we talked about, uh, a little bit more consistency in format. Uh, so those are the things that we're really focused on for season two. But I think it's important to note that we don't have all the answers. And ultimately, the folks that are going to really influence how this show develops is you guys, our listeners. Uh, so we we invite you uh, to 
you know, take the time to provide us with some feedback. And, and that's what we're going to do next is hear some of the feedback that we have gotten, but, right. but to really take the time to uh, reach out to us and tell us the things that you liked or the things that you didn't like, or what you'd like to see more of. And we've got a few different ways that you can do that. Uh, you can join our Facebook page and provide us Facebook, uh, uh, provide us feedback. Uh, that's uh, Merrimack Valley homebrew on Facebook. Uh, we have the at MVHBC uh, page on Instagram. We have the at Strike Mash Boil page on Instagram. Uh, but you can also shoot me an email. Uh, and I say shoot me an email because I'm literally the one that will get the email. Uh, you Happy to uh, hear what you guys think. And shooting me an email at uh, president at mvhbc.com. I may regret sending, uh, telling everybody the email, but, <laughs> but please, because who knows the things that people will say, you know, I've, I've, I'm accustomed, I guess, at this point to getting the uh, colorful emails, but uh, feel free to shoot me an email and, and tell me what you think about the show and uh, things that you'd like to see or things that you like that you want us to continue to do, but, but please don't be shy and, and don't hesitate to reach out to us. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the we also have a email straight for the podcast as well, which is strikemashboil at mvhbc.com. Oh, that's the one I should have gave. I should have gave that one. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, spam my inbox instead of yours. <laughs> but yeah, you can get us at any of those. And then, of course, across our social channels. And so let's talk maybe a little statistics because um, this is kind of fun. So we had... We did 21 shows. This is 22nd. We had 4,400 listeners across the whole season, which is far and wide, way beyond anything I expected. So to the listeners out there, thank you for listening to the show. That was just, that was crazy when I looked that up today. I do track a little bit of it, but the other one that is just crazy, that's really, really cool is where in the world everybody is. They're not just from here in New England and Massachusetts, where we're from, uh, or even just the United States. We had listeners from Canada, England, Ireland, Norway, Sweden, Poland, Czech Republic, Austria, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, France, Australia, India. All right, this one's crazy. Pakistan, South Africa, Brazil, New Zealand. So we had listeners from all over the world. Granted, some of these might be VPNs that some people are using. Oh, knock that off immediately. All no, right. it's not true. They are literally sitting in those countries listening to our website. So for you that are listening, when you're making the recommendation of, uh, you know, to people to listen to our podcast, you can say, hey, I listened to this internationally uh, listened to podcast called Strike Mash Boil. We, we'd, we'd appreciate it if you just did that and uh, ignored that VPN nonsense that <laughs> Phil was just talking about. Right. Which I, most people, I think, listen to the podcast on their phone and not on their computer. And I don't know yes. that many people who have VPNs on their phones. But, uh, you know, we didn't really go out of our way to reach out to people in other countries. Like, this was just kind of, it just happened. So that's just wild. So... Um, to all of you all over the world, uh, thank you for listening to the show. And we're going to, um, as we keep mentioning, season two is coming. So um, thank you for listening and we'll, uh, we'll keep it up going forward. So 4,400 listens from all over the world, which is wild. And then I think from there we go to some comments, right? Uh, yes. I mean, this is what people really care about yeah, yeah. is the comments. Now, I will say we've had 4,400 listens around the world, an international podcast, uh, and we only had five or six comments, uh, something like that. But 
if you are feeling something about the podcast, don't shy away from it. I mean, the, the comments are all over the map. The ratings are all over the map. Uh, this is not a business venture for us. This is literally fun. So if you give us a shitty rating, you're not hurting us. If you give us a great rating, you're not doing anything great for us. Uh, this right. is all just for fun. So, But we want to hear what you guys think. And we don't mind a little bit of criticism. So uh, ramp up the comments. Uh, but we thought that this would be a good opportunity for us to read those comments and maybe address them if we feel necessary. Sure. So let's start with Decker had, uh, who posted on, which is a great name. I just, I just, you know, whoever you are, it's a great name. Yeah. Uh, so he's over on, uh, this was Apple podcasts. Uh, I like how this podcast is very knowledgeable and informative. They explain things in a simple way that you understand and not make you feel like an idiot. If you don't know, I wouldn't say it's family friendly at times, but nonetheless, very informative, very well done and keep up the good work. Thank you. Very and much. literally, So this person is literally referring to how often Phil swears on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not me at all because mm-hmm. obviously you guys know that I, I never fucking swear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, uh, the whole point of our podcast is uh, the talk that you would likely hear at a meeting or in a brewery. Uh, and sometimes it gets a little colorful, uh, but Decker had awesome name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep wanting to say something else that it's not, <laughs> but I love that name. We appreciate the feedback. Uh, keep it coming. All right. Uh, over on Instagram, we got a comment on uh, one of our episode, the episode nine post uh, from core brew 89. So this was uh, episode nine was uh, beer for people who don't like the taste of beer. And then uh, Joe is also on that show. We talked through lactose. So core brew 89. I agree with Joe. I love brewing with different adjuncts, but not to the point where it no longer tastes like beer. These beers that look and taste like fruit smoothies are offensive. There shouldn't be any pulp in a beer glass. Good segment. I enjoyed listening. I would say nailed it. Perfect. Thank you. That is how we feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've said it a bunch of times that we absolutely uh, think that adjuncts and beers are okay. Uh, there may be a comment coming up that, uh, suggests otherwise, but we think that adjuncts and beers are okay. It's, uh, all about adjuncts complementing beer and not beer complementing adjuncts. Exactly. Then we got from JVH four great podcast, great balance of homebrew education and fun beer talk. Can't wait to hear more. Uh, then we had, this was a good one. Uh, this was all the way back in January. So this is from Pez Pez beer boys with thick knowledge. These boys know what they're talking about. Bought my hubby a gift based on their recs. Pez Pez. Glad we can help you out. Uh, you've, um, you, you have some other comments, I believe on here. I'm staring at one that also yeah, says yeah. Pez Pez on, it. I believe it's the same person. I, I think so. Yeah. We started off strong. Uh, and I, we're glad you liked that Christmas episode. Uh, we hope to do an episode where we're not necessarily recommending things to buy, but we're recommending things to stay away from. So that'll be something to uh, look for in the future. Yeah. So uh, you kind of called it on, on uh, Pez Pez. There's a second one, but you know what? I'm going to go to a different one first. We're going to save the Pez Pez one for last. Okay. So uh, Bob does beer things on Instagram, which by the way, he's a great follow on Instagram. So give him a follow. Uh, Marco also told us he likes quote beer flavored beer quote, 
while gushing over an ass puckering fruit infused beverage. He hates lactose, but uses it in his cream ale. He doesn't like experimental beer, but brews hazies regularly and that he is the strongest man in the world. That's one enigmatic crispy boy. Ha ha man. Does he listen to the show or what? Those yeah. are details. <laughs> <laughs> oh bob does beer things uh you sound like a brilliant man that knows exactly what he's talking about but a couple of things there that i just want to make sure i i'm able to address number one i'm not the self-proclaimed strongest man in the world this is what my wife and my kids tell me i accept the title uh, but i'm not self-proclaimed so let me just get that one out of the way right away uh but a couple of things like beer flavored beer there are ass puckering uh, fruited beers, fruit infused beers that taste like beer. We talk about this those are from these are styles from Belgium. They That's exist. right. Uh, you know things like Creek, uh, Frambois. These are beers that are ass puckering that are fruit infused, and so. not the ones you get. Th- there are some that you get in the bottle at every grocery store that basically taste like like a, a alcoholic syrup. Yeah, everybody uh, that that has listened to the episodes knows that my favorite beer styles are from Belgium. So I do love uh, those beer styles, but they are, in fact, beer styles that take years to make. They are not fruited milkshake. Uh, I just saw some green thing that was posted on our Facebook page recently that was just uh, an abomination. Uh, So they are not those. Uh, So that's that's where I, I start to have issues. And yes, guys. A cream ale, listen, I admit I fucked up, all right? I admit it. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be the first one to tell you. But it's called a fucking cream ale. A milk stout is called a milk stout because it has lactose in it. I thought a cream ale was called a cream ale because it had lactose in it. So I added a teeny amount of fucking lactose to a cream ale thinking that that was a thing. I get it. I get it. Uh, but I'm not a, a proponent of a beer that tastes like lactose. The uh, tiny amount of lactose that I add to a cream ale to add some body and character to it is not the same. I think adding lactose to beers is totally fine. It's not. It's, uh, my problem is when the beer has so much goddamn lactose in it uh, that uh, you're gonna have, uh, you know, you're gonna have to spend some time in the bathroom because of your bowel issues afterwards. Um, so, and uh, I don't think hazies are experimental beers anymore, right? Like no, that thing is gone. So. That's like, that's, that's gone. Yes. Br- brewing a New England IPA is not experimental anyway. Yeah, uh, I, I would say that if uh, it is an experimental beer, then the like 900 hazies on the shelf at the local packy are uh, all experimentals, which they're not. But at the end of the day, Bob does beer things. I appreciate you. All right. I do. I appreciate you. You came out swinging. You said exactly how you felt. I appreciate it. Keep it coming, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's Bob does beer things. Thank you, man. And now, uh, I, this is this one, uh, I think is my favorite so far. Uh, so this one is again from Pez Pez beer boomers with hazy opinions. Uh, that's the title. These boys <laughs> clearly love cask ale. And most things British, you dislike hazy IPAs. We get it. Let's hear you talk about other things. I find this a comment to be really offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Really quick. What's a beer boomer? Like, I mean, God, are we that fucking old? Like, I I think we're millennials technically. We are. Yeah. Well, we are. Nick isn't, but yeah. 
<laughs> Poor guy's not even here to defend himself. Um, how many how many episodes have we talked about Cascale? Uh, we two ta- maybe maybe carried uh, over to a second like one? twenty minutes on a Cascale on one show, and then we did the bitters, and that was probably about it. I mean, so clearly we love Cascale. Twenty twenty one episodes, we talked about it on two of them. Uh, clearly, yeah. we love Cascale. Uh, Pez Pez, listen, we're not knocking your comment uh, it's what you felt when you were listening to the show right uh, we may not agree with you to, to clarify again uh, phil i won't speak for you people know i like hazy ipas i like hazy new england ipas that is the definition of a new england ipa is it's hazy uh, let me be clear i'm not a fan of fruited milkshake ipas that is where it goes over the line for me. Uh, the beers that uh, threaten to, you know, explode a, a finger or two off my hand when I'm holding the can, those are the ones that I'm all set with. Uh, it doesn't mean that I haven't tried them, that I haven't drank them. It doesn't mean that I haven't even liked the taste of one of them. Uh, but I certainly do like hazy IPAs. I like New England IPAs. Yeah, I'm a huge uh, fan of hazy IPAs. I have my own uh, rotating IPA series. You guys have heard me on the show talk about it, Cluster Ficken. I think I'm up to batch 24 or something now. And yes, I do love Cascale and I do love British beers. I think we did try and talk about other things though, didn't we? Um, Three segments a show times 21 shows. I think we, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but Pez Pez, thank you. Uh, that's that was that really made us laugh. So uh, we appreciate. And it. and for the record, uh, my most recent uh, New England IPA was I, I uh, brewed one. Of my series of New England IPAs is called On a Whim because normally when I'm brewing them, I'm just using things that I don't plan them that well. Uh, but uh, my brother gave me 20 gallons of maple sap. I decided to. Uh, replace water with maple sap and try one out and it came out pretty good i just brought it out to the meeting uh, for you guys to try it out and it was a pretty solid one but pez pez you've made two comments so out of the ones we heard you are our top commenter Uh, we don't want you to stop commenting we want you to keep bringing it good or bad we'll take it uh we'll certainly at the end of season two respond once again uh how we are interpreting it Uh, and if we've got it wrong let us know but uh, but we do appreciate the comment and we hope you keep doing it. What does it say that uh, I love Cascale, but I dislike hazy IPAs, but my most recent hazy IPA ended up in a cask on my beer engine. <laughs> a true story. You did that English, the New England English IPA, whatever the fuck. Hey, it's some kind was. of hybrid. Yeah. It, yeah. Worked. it was pretty good. I can't, I actually haven't had it on cask yet. I was hoping the beer engine was going to show up at our most recent meeting, but it did not. No, but it will be a big brew day and I've been saving some for uh, y'all. So that will uh, be I'm, there. I'm doing my fist pumps that people can't see, but I'm yeah, fist yeah. pumping right now. So uh, that was uh, all the feedback we had. Again, it wasn't a ton, but. Um, well, so. I think the moral of the story is uh, we're really excited and happy with the results of season one. Uh, Phil and I had said to ourselves, which is the reason why we're doing, we did a a season was we wanted to get to 20 episodes and then really evaluate how we thought things were going. I think it's safe to say that, you know, listen, we're not a top podcast anywhere, but what is important about this is that we're having fun and we think that it's a valuable use of our time. And I, I'd say that after, you know, now 22 episodes 
yeah, this is a good time. We enjoy it. We're able to to fit it into our schedules and uh, make a contribution beyond our club. I think we're going to keep doing it. Uh, so we appreciate the folks that have listened. Forty four hundred listens is awesome. Uh, we hope and we're hoping that we're going to continue to take the feedback that you guys get, continue to curate and modify and, and adjust. And hopefully season two is going to be even better than season one. But uh, and and that season three will be better than season two and season four than, over season three. So we, we think that uh, we've learned a ton. We've had a lot of fun. We hope to keep doing it. Uh, and what's going to really make the difference for us is going to be the feedback that we get from you guys. So keep it coming, good and bad. Nobody wants their ass kissed here. Uh, and uh, we our, our skin is real, real thick, so we can handle it. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Uh, I'm, I'm not, so for somebody who's, not afraid to share his opinions. He cannot afford to have thin skin. So bring it on, folks. Yeah, so season two, we're not sure when it's going to get started, uh, but I think we mentioned at the beginning of uh, the prerequisite show uh, last week that we are going to have some little tidbits come out uh, through our course of our little break. Um, so some little, uh, uh, you know, probably five, 10 minute bits just to keep uh, you guys in the loop on what we're up to. And then, uh, yeah, season two is going to drop sometime uh, this summer. And, uh, yeah, more stuff coming, more more how to brews, more equipment discussions, more brew requisites, more guests, uh, more process ingredients. We're going to have Mr. Lactose back. Uh, Switzer's working on something. I think he called a long, cold Switzer. I guess that's probably about lagers, so that's going to be kind of fun. So uh, a lot more coming in, in season two. Yeah, so thanks again, guys. Uh, we look forward to spending more time with you. We'll see you. Well, I guess we won't see you, but you'll hear us. Something like that. But we'll we'll catch you guys uh, up uh, in a couple of months. Talk to you next time on Strike Mash Boil. Strike Mash Boil podcast is produced by the Merrimack Valley Homebrew Club, an AHA-sanctioned club. Follow us on Instagram at Strike Mash Boil. Join the conversation in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash MVHBC, or send us some feedback at Strike Mash Boil at MVHBC.com. what we do in our homebrew club, which is the education aspect and, and to grow brewers. I'm tossing it to you because I've run out of things to say. <laughs>